so good how are you i'm doing well i don't mean to cut you off no i don't even know what i was going to say so i, oh. I could not cut off uh, i was just going to say i'm having a great day and i hope you're having a good day and how yeah. are you i don't want to assume your day's good no it's going fine i'm having an okay one yeah yeah just having it's an gonna okay fine, one. Right. it's gonna find 15 hours since i woke up yeah not since i woke up since the day changed here we go you woke up 15 hours ago no, I woke up uh, eleven hours ago. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll write that down. That seems sure. It might what time did you wake up, up later. <laughs> It might come up later on. Uh, anyway, if you're tuning in now, uh, thank you, number one, and welcome. We are some nobodies. This is our website right here, somenobodies.com. My name is Zach, and this is Dylan over here on this side. I'm actually getting better at that. <laughs> yeah. Doing the mirror thing. Uh, and what you're watching is talking upstream. What talking upstream is? It's pretty much me and Dylan's weekly meeting. Uh, I throw ideas at Dylan constantly and we do things with him, either make them into podcasts, turn them into movies, make a comic book that Dylan won't read, uh, an app about uh, Dungeon Dragon uh, fanfare, um, <laughs> maybe a card game Actually. that sounds like Uno but is nothing like Uno. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Either way, we take a stupid idea and we turn it into something and we just want to show you guys our process of how yeah. we take something very dumb like a text message and uh, do something with it. And we always have friends. And uh, I guess this week, let's just go ahead and bring him up. If you want to go yeah. ahead and introduce this week's cool. friends, uh, so, uh, Mr. Dylan. Yes. So I'm going to bring in very quick uh, Michael Colby and Jack Billings from the podcast. Jack Billings presents me and my neighbor, Michael. Here they are. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hello. What's up, guys? Okay. Michael and Jack Billings. How are you guys doing today? Great. How are you? Hey, I just have one question before we get started. Do you have a mute button just in case we need it for one of our guests? Uh, blink three times if you want me to mute him. <laughs> uh, well, I can't. No, that's a bad idea because I can't see your eyes through the reflection on your glasses. Yeah, I do have yeah, uh, don't do that. <laughs> just, just tell me when to mute him if you want me to mute him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a... We have a we have a lengthy post uh, uh, post production uh, edit scene, so it's okay. We can take all, anything out. Um, but before we get going to some other questions, what is your guys' show about? Uh, we know what it is, but uh, tell people who might not know what it is. What is Jack Billings presents? Do you want to take this one, Jack, or do you want me to do it? Are, do you want the short version or the long version? Are you talking to me or or their international fan base? Michael, I think I think technically we are your international fan base currently, so we are talking to y'all. Are are you all in? in Jack Billings presents America? me and my neighbor Michael is a comedy podcast about neighborhood goings on. We have a show um, about the things that happen in 
Redding, Ohio, here where we live, um, it's not as dull as you would think and that a show not, about it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Um, we have a lot of haunted I don't know car, how to ex- a haunted car, Michael. And we also we have uh, some perverts in the neighborhood, uh, some teens, teens that uh, they do things like they smoke. Uh, I saw one of them just <laughs> huck their gum right on the sidewalk last week. <laughs> Messed up. I, I think you're burying the lead here, Jack. We do have teens in the neighborhood that do some, you know, normal teenager stuff. But we also, I mean, there's an undead black magic sorcerer that lives in Jack's house. Um, we have a haunted car that whenever it kills someone, <laughs> um, we can Michael talk to their ghosts on the radio of the haunted car. Um we have some interesting stuff that happens. It's it's not all teens and perverts. I mean, there are teens and perverts, but it's not all teens and perverts. So it pretty much sounds like a classic suburb, right? Just regular suburb life. Very right. much a southern Ohio suburb. We are yeah, quite, it's, we are quite classic. Yeah, it's it's now, just a regular cul-de-sac, you know, with a with a time traveler living in uh the woods in a bubble that's you know, filled with electronics and and is temperature controlled and you know normal stuff. Now, Jack, the podcast seems like it's presented by you. It is Jack Billings presents, which means you record and publish this podcast. What was what was the conception behind making this? Why did you say my life is so interesting? I need to start putting this on Anchor or wherever it is that you guys distribute. Oh, oh yeah, but. That- First off, excellent question. Excellent. Uh, Really, it's not so much that I think my life is so great. It's just people, my neighbor friends, like Michael, Michael Colby, my now co-host, they're just so very interested in my life. Yeah. Uh, It's like, (laughs) righto. Lordy Lou, here we go again. Michael's around, tap, tapping on my door. Hey, Jack. Uh, can you tell me about that time uh, when you used to work on Wall Street? Things like that. Uh, have you seen what the teenagers did this week? And, uh, you know, basically I said, bud, you're, you're asking all these things like on the regular. Maybe we should just start a podcast about it. And uh, it was great because Michael, uh, apparently that's what he was getting at this whole time. Now, Michael, it's, it sounds like, especially in the beginning, that um, he would kind of just pop up with a recorder on you. And uh, Are you always okay with being recorded, especially through all these hijinks? Um, it took a little bit for me to get comfortable doing it. Um, I did um, get... Uh, can you... Jack, take your headphones off for a second. I did get tricked into starting the podcast with Jack. I actually never talked to him before we started the show. Um, he still has his headphones on. Michael, um, he's not paying attention to like me anyway. Weekly, I, I have to often go over and yell at you for not mowing your lawn. <laughs> yeah, I would get yelled at for not mowing my lawn, but we never really 
talked. Um, so then I find out that this man has a like a professional recording studio. I don't know why you're doing it in the spare room today, Jack, but in the in his huge ass mansion, he has uh, like a professional recording studio and he's just been recording himself talking to usually no one. Uh, sometimes Seamus, who is, who is the sorcerer that I was talking about before Maria, who cleans his house. Um, don't, don't talk about my wife, Maureen, Mike. I'm I'm not talking about Maureen because I've never met her, nor have I've listened to hundreds of hours of the stuff that you recorded before we started the podcast. And I've never heard Maureen's voice. I'm not sure that she's a, a real person. Oh. Ah, I'm okay. I still think that Maureen is a made up character that Jack came up with because I... he's very, very lonely. I have a very real life human wife, Maureen. And uh, she's just private, Michael. What? I don't have to brag. Did, did Michael I don't mention I... that he recently got divorced? Uh, it it did, wasn't yeah. that recent. <laughs> uh, so, Jack, so you started this podcast, and uh, obviously Michael gave you consent for that. And what we found when talking to other podcasters is that most of them have failed at a podcast before, and then obviously finding one that kind of has a little bit of traction. Do you want to talk about a podcast that you started before since there are hundreds of hours of recorded anything? Did you have a podcast before uh, Presents Me and My Neighbor Michael? Oh, yeah, yeah, bud. Sure did. Boy, howdy. Like Michael was so nice. Enough to say. Uh, I have a lot of stuff recorded. Uh, about me, my life, a lot of it. Uh, uh, watching the NASCAR. <laughs> uh, you believe there's some people who don't like NASCAR? Uh, but, you know, seeing those good old boys just drive around the track. Thrill ride. Nothing wrong with that. So uh, I talk about that. Uh, some exciting times when I used to work in finance. And, uh... Basically, what I'm getting at is I had all this stuff recorded. I didn't have a good name for the podcast. And, uh, you know, then Michael came along. And, uh, oh, oh, and I drank my own signature brew sweet tea by the half-gallon ball jar. I wish I had one on me to show you. Uh, I mean, how long's <laughs> the show? I can go get one. You have plenty of time. You got about 80 minutes. Yeah. No pressure. All right. Well, we'll see. I just don't want Michael to say anything bad about me while I'm gone. <laughs> oh, we can pause it if you, if you would like. That's oh, okay. yeah. That's okay. Uh, don't worry. I won't say anything bad about you, Jack. Go get your tea. Now, hey. Michael, when, when Jack presented the idea of this podcast to you and knowing that... Okay, now, all the bad <laughs> stuff... Go, hit me with it. Oh no, he's gone. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, God. How long do you have? Literally infinite, I think. I just recently moved out of Jack's house. Um, it was okay doing the podcast with him when I lived in a separate place. But then 
you know, after the divorce and stuff, I, I needed a place to live. And, you know, despite all of his foibles, Jack's a, a decent guy. So he let me stay with him for a while. Um, I finally moved into my own place. Um, Jack would never let uh, me live like this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know where he went. He wanted to get that tea. Uh, but while we're still went to get the tea. Yeah, while we're waiting for him to come back. Um, now it seems like over the course of your guys' experience throughout the podcast, and you become some sort of friends. Have you seen any positive things in life happen to you because of this show? Uh, do you guys have like sponsors? Uh, uh, do people see you on the street and go, "Hey, that's your voice on that podcast"? I love. Um, no. <laughs> Um, oh, hey. hey, he's back. Do you have your tea? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe it, Michael. Is Seamus messing with the internet again? I'm freaking out of tea. Oh, no. Yeah, not good. Yeah, Seamus does this thing where he just... <laughs> it's a long story, but Seamus got burnt up. Um, So when Jack reanimated him, he did it wrong. So he's still sort of hot and... He's smoky and very warm to the touch. So he's he'll do stuff crispy. He's crispy. He it sounds weird when he, you know, moves, but he'll do this thing where he just touches the wire that, you know, that brings the internet into the house and uh just for fun, just because he thinks it's funny. Now you got, Jack, you got with some all the shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> with all the shenanigans that goes on in your in your cul-de-sac, have the police or authorities ever been involved? Do you ever get into any kind of legal ramifications because of this? Oh yeah, but let me tell you, uh, Officer Perez, he's kind of like the A plus number one copper in in my neighborhood. Ah, uh, but it turned out that we found out ah. Uh, <laughs> it, he wasn't really a cop at all. They just told him he had a job and uh, let him go on patrol. So uh, I recently hired him on as my personal <laughs> security guard. I mean, oh. I grew up. I grew up in Ohio, Northwest Ohio, but this is all sounding really familiar. Actually, yep. what what size a town is Reading? Um, I mean, I mean we have a Kroger's. Okay. Uh, we have a Frickers. Ah, um, uh, yes. Okay. We ha we have an Arby's. Uh, okay. So I mean, it's not a it's not a small town. It's not a dinky town, but I mean, there's there's teenagers, and uh, we have a bar, Super Beer Fun Town. There's uh, a bar. There's a skateboard shop. Sir skates a lot. Yeah, um, for, for extreme skaters. For extreme skaters, Jack and I pretty much keep that place in business. No. <laughs> not not the teen not the teenagers. No, very few of the teenagers uh, actually skate. Uh, Jack teenagers in no teenagers in Ohio don't like to skate. I I noticed that when I was in high school. Yeah, no, yeah. they they would rather spend their time, you know be you know spray painting you know the name of their 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 terrible punk bands on the sides of minivans yeah. and and throwing gum on the on the ground do you guys do you guys have a quarry nearby 
There is a quarry. There is a quarry, but it's Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a drive. Um, Okay. It's not. I mean, it's not right there. We have to drive about twenty five minutes to get to the quarry. It's not a bad quarry drive. Officer Kyle's, who's actually a real officer of the law, told me I'm not allowed back at the quarry anymore. That's a long story that you do not want to hear. Nah. Uh, so Jack, you live in a mansion in this cul-de-sac in a suburb, um, and you live with your maybe wife, Maureen. Do do you live with other, do you have other family members that live with you that kind of get involved in the show for people that don't know? Oh, well, uh, I mean, Seamus lives in my walls. Uh, he's reanimated dead. Uh, sometimes his girlfriend is over, Delilah, but she doesn't exactly live there. She just, uh, visits for a little bit. Uh, Quinn, my, my, my neighbor friend Quinn lives in the house with me. Uh, she was actually living in the house when I purchased it. And, uh, she's still there. Uh, all the ghosts in the haunted car, they're in there. So I guess... I'm there around. See, I'm not really a, uh, what is that word, Michael? The type of scientist that knows about when something's really dead or really alive. A a doctor? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I am (laughs) not a doctor. Um, Okay. (laughs) But yeah, those are, those are neighbor friends. Or at least neighbors <laughs> that uh, you know, around. And Abigail, Abigail's always around. She edits our show. Uh, she uh, last week I caught her flirting with my grandpappy. Hmm. That's that sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, now, <clears throat> go ahead, Don. It sounds like you guys. I mean, all the adventures you guys are having down there. Is there any sort of expansion plan for the podcast, or is the podcast kind of something you plan to keep going on? Are you, are you looking to like maybe turn this into, I mean, maybe do like a uh, one of those documentaries about your life on like TV or something like that? Maybe a movie. Um. Uh, see, the problem is that a lot of the things that we do take a lot of like engineering to get them just on audio. Like we've tried to videotape Seamus and he just sort of, it's just sort of a human esque figure that sort of vibrates violently on camera. Um, And his words just sound like gibberish on like the video camera thing. We have to do all sorts of stuff to his voice so that it works on the podcast. Um, I mean, the ghost, the, the ghosts in the haunted car don't come through at all on video. Um, so yeah, it, it would be a lot of work to get some of the stuff that really happens, you know, on video. Uh, we, <laughs> Jack's not quite sure how to work technology. And since I'm not there now, and is Abigail not there with you, Jack? I'm in Abigail's house. <laughs> but she's huh. not 
she's not yeah home. i was gonna say i thought she was over at the studio anyway i don't know why he does the things that he does michael but, can you answer the question please Basically, i was they're asking about jack billings presents jack billings directed and written ah, the batman in ohio Which jack wrote jack wrote a fan fiction play um called the batman in ohio and we have been we have been practicing this and he keeps doing rewrites we've been practicing it for about a year and a half and i keep saying jack we should record this because this is this is really fun this is you know this is this would be a fun thing to put on the podcast and he keeps saying no it has to be perfect so um eventually we'll we'll have something about that on there um All right. we've we've also just found out about um a pornography that Jack wrote and directed uh called yeah. called beef it into my mouth mm. um which we found out is like a cult classic thing um especially in the ghost world where the where the ghosts in the haunted car live um they play it there all the time oh so, they love it yeah so yeah i think we're gonna do something about that because um i met some of the people since then i didn't tell you about this jack but i've been in contact with some of the people that were in beef it into my mouth um, and there's some very interesting characters. So uh, I think we're going to do something with uh, Beef It Into My Mouth. So, yeah, we're going to have some offshoot projects. But right now, it's it's hard enough figuring out how to get just the regular podcast, you know, make sure that, that our guests are, are audible. And, you know, sometimes we have sometimes you know we have to figure out how to shoot in weird locations like in the bathroom of the krogers um we had jack's disgusting grandfather on there and he was just peeing for like 20 minutes like i've never seen anything like it he asked me to hold oh his wanger and everything why were you watching you made me watch. I did not make you watch. And as far as you talking to the Beef It crew, ah, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. And maybe by the time we get the follow-up, they might all be dead. Who knows? Uh, Jack, speaking of uh, Batman, he's one of obviously our biggest uh, uh, things that we're into, being super nerds. It, in your play, it was a play, was it? Uh, yes, yep. It, it is a uh, stage play. Now, were you playing Batman? No, <laughs> you know, the one, and, and that's what everyone tells me. Jack, you're so, you're so uh, masculine. Uh, you know, just a, a rock'em, sock'em, tough guy. Uh, I, I'm well known in the neighborhood for being fairly extreme. But, uh, you know what? I've lived a good chunk of my life, and uh, I, I thought maybe that uh, 
Okay, listen, I'm Jack Billings in the play. And I didn't want anyone else to play me. Uh, originally, I tried to be both Batman and Jack Billings. But uh, I didn't get that doppelganger thing to work. So Michael's going to freaking be Batman. There you go. I mean, I get it. I had to audition for this part to play myself when we were making this. So I get it. Yeah. And you're lucky that other person got very sick or else yeah. you'd have been out. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you are not that person. Mm -hmm. uh, so, just happenstance. Now, Jack, in a Batman scenario where Jack Billings also exists, is he more of a Commissioner Gordon type or is he more of a Poison Ivy type? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> if, I don't think Commissioner Gordon is going to leave and come to Reading, Ohio. I mean, that's what Officer Kyle's is for. Oh, I, I meant, are you help? Are you helping the Batman, or are you hindering whatever Batman's trying to do? Oh, well, Bud, why didn't you freaking say that? I, I thought I, I did. Oh, oh <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh, Reading, Ohio, is my town. And uh, you know, instead of uh, being all sad on a rooftop, I'll walk. I'll walk the neighborhood. Uh, I won't necessarily pick up the litter, but I'll, I'll take note and tell people about the litter I saw. Um, and what what happens is Batman needs a little more in his life, and uh, comes to Reading, Ohio. And I'd say that we we both lend each other assistance and there's lessons that are learned ah uh, there's some unicorns we fight baby unicorns uh you know uh, danielle the local uh the, maybe you know her she she jogs around the neighborhood at any rate maybe you know her uh she's gonna be the cat woman so that's cool Ah, uh, but yeah, I mean, really what happens is Batman's there to kind of try to help me and my neighborhood, and I teach him a thing or two. That I mean, that's really what it gets down to. Now, Michael also lives in your neighborhood. Is Michael in the play knowing that he's also playing Batman? Uh, Michael is not allowed to be himself. Uh, he can be uh, Bruce Wayne. Or the Batman. Okay. I was in the first couple drafts as Michael, but then Jack said that he won't tell you that this is true, but he said that I was doing too good of a job at being so many characters and people couldn't tell. He said I was far too talented and he didn't want me upstaging him. Michael, you are using the same freaking voice for all your characters. But yeah, I chose this yeah. voice as as you know my Michael voice. Why are you pointing at your beard when you said that? I just wanted to draw attention to it. Um, hey. Michael, of all the of all the episodes of uh, Jack Billings Presenter Out, which one is your favorite to re-listen to? Oh, are are we supposed to listen to our own podcast? No, that's actually the answer I was looking for. Because <laughs> they would ask me the same question all the time. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, you know? yeah, no. I mean, 
I think I listened to the first like four episodes and then I decided that I didn't want to hear my voice anymore. So I just stopped. Yeah. You are very clear. It isn't for everyone. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys ever think about in the future getting more like, like uh, celebrity guests or just having other actual like guests on your show that aren't necessarily all of Jack's familial ghosts? Um, I hope not because that would really sort of take away from the, the spirit of the show. Like, I mean, if they moved to Reading, Ohio into the neighborhood area, Michael, we'd have to. We'd I mean, up, yeah, up if, if they live in our neighborhood, we'll, we'll have them on, but I don't, I don't plan on, you know, bringing outsiders in. I think we have enough interesting characters in the neighborhood that we don't need to rely on like celebrities to to get us to get us through yeah now jack before you started recording all these happenings around the neighborhood was there one thing that happened that was so unbelievable that you decided i need to start recording all of this stuff oh yeah i mean I think really what set me over the, the limit here was the, the local team, Johnny T. Ah, he, he was smoking. I mean, on my streets. And uh, tried to tell some other neighbors about it. Uh, they, they didn't really seem to hear me all that well. And uh, so I started recording it to share with, uh, you know, the international fan base at large. And luckily, Michael came along and uh, showed me that you could post this stuff for people to hear. Hmm. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) you would think that with the haunted car, like we have actual we have actual ghosts and zombies and you know stuff like that but jack is obsessed with the mundane goings on i mean lung cancer is there's nothing to sneeze at there so i mean i i guess in that aspect i'm with jack you really shouldn't be smoking cigarettes anywhere especially on jack street yeah or sneezing (laughs) on people Yeah, especially in today's climate. Uh, Dylan, do you have any more questions for Jack Billings or our friend Michael Colby? I don't think we're going to learn anything else. That's not Dylan. Welcome to my life. (laughs) That? That's Dylan. Yeah, Jack, 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 Jack. More than one person can be named Dylan. That's not our Dylan. That's another Uh, Dylan. I think I'm with Jack on this. There's only one. I thought they were playing a prankaroo on me, bud. They didn't know that I'm a master trickster. And uh, I thought they were saying that that was Dylan from our neighborhood. No, that is not Dylan from your neighborhood. Different part of Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) Different parts for Dylan. Uh, Okay, so Michael Colby. Before we get on to our show, do you want to let people know where they can find your show, uh, if you want to sell anything, or if there's anything that people need to know about Reading, Ohio? Um, you can find, just if you type in Jack Billings into 
any podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, you go right to Jack Billings presents me and my neighbor, Michael. Um, you'll see our cartoon faces and, um, and you'll be able to listen. There's a lot of episodes out now. We've been doing this for a while. So we've if been you're looking, doing it like for months now. It's yeah, we're going on 24 months now. That's a, a series of months. Um, <laughs> but we also we have our main show. We also have uh, mini shows like abigail had her own show for a while dylan had his own show for a while my kids had their own show for a while who's Um, paying for all of this don't worry about it um we also had we also had an off-season thing where we talked to different podcasts um to let them know Jack wanted to let other podcasts know what they could do better in their show. Um, yeah. Yep. And we also talked to some people from the neighborhood at the beginning of the coronavirus thing. Um, so, you know, we, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, we don't sell anything yet. Um, so just go listen to the podcast. That's, that's all we want. We just want people to listen to the show. Yeah, well, I agree. It's a great show. It's 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 one of the shows that I actually listen to, and I I get a big I get a big kick out of it. So I send them to Dylan. I'm like, please listen to this. They need yeah. the help. <laughs> That's not true. You don't need the help. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, just, anyone listen to this? Just so that people know, if they start from the beginning, um, it takes a while before Jack lets me know like the actual goings on around here. So it starts off a little mundane, but um, it gets interesting and then it just sort of goes absolutely insane after that. What? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Check out Jack Billy presents me and my neighbor, Michael, listen to it. It is hilarious. Especially if you like anything that we do, you'll love what they do because they're actually funnier than we are. uh, And it's a really good thing. So uh, go for it guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Jack, thank you very much for uh, answering all of our questions. Michael told us beforehand, you'd be very hard to deal with and I'm going to disagree. You were actually quite pleasant. So thank you. Well, you know what they do say. When one you trust is a friend, perhaps a baby snake and or scorpion escorted in your pocket, especially in public, do not listen to the things that they tell you because they are most likely awful, hurtful lies. They do say that. Classic. Classic Jack Billings right there. Oh, fortune cookie. <laughs> Okay, we're going to get into our our portion of the show now, and what we do here is we're going to pitch an idea to you guys, and preferably you choose one of the two that you would like us to work on, because we don't really like talking to each other alone anymore, so we have our friends choose for us, and it makes things uh, better. So, last week, the one that uh, did not get selected that Dylan brought to the table, uh, do you want to represent that, Dylan? Yeah, so, um, in general... Uh... I mean, I get, yeah, idea presenting. Do we do we go over what we're doing, Zach? What do you mean? Never mind. I'm going to present my idea now. 
No, the last one that didn't go over is Disappearing Partner. Yes, is no, you're right. Repitch. Yes, it is. So um, the idea that I'm bringing to the table this week is the same one I brought last time. Um, so imagine that you are in Vegas or like somewhere where they do large-scale magic shows for audiences. And they do the thing where they call someone up and then they disappear them. Except this time, uh, the magician either disappears himself as well or dies on stage or someone breaks in and like shoots them and the other person doesn't reappear. And then it's like, are they actually vanished? Are they in like a giant hat somewhere? Are they in some sort of shady government science lab? I don't know yet, but it, the idea is that a magician vanishes someone's partner, dies, and doesn't have a chance to bring him back. So it becomes a hunt to find that person after they've been disappeared. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the one that I'm going to pitch this time, because uh, mine was selected last time, and I am the winner of this. If this were a game, I'd be the winner. Anyway, the one I'm going to pitch this time is, um, so I had this idea of somebody who goes outside of their house, and they see um, like ants. And the ants kind of like build like a really cool uh, design with you know the bodies of the ants. And the the person just like gives them some sugar or some food. And when they come out the next day, there's like another symbol, and the person gives them more food. And then so it kind of turns into uh, the ants kind of view this human as their god, and they're leading them to another ant colony to destroy the other ant colony, which has their own person god also. So uh, I <laughs> I would like to. Maybe explore the idea of uh, ants trying to communicate to their god to settle a score. So, pretty please, Michael Colby and Jack Billings, our new bestest friends, will you please decide one of these two uh, projects for us to work on? Are they both animated? We don't know yet. We don't. We don't know yet. That's something to be decided while we talk. I mean, I can see the ant thing being animated. Mm -hmm. I mean, they both could be. They both could be. I was thinking more devious stuff for the disappearing one, because I, I like the idea of uh, somebody just being disappeared, and then that person dying, and you'd be like, what is it? But it seems like something pretty devious can, can show up in there. The other one seems more lighthearted, I think. But who, who knows? It, it could just be... I don't know. The, the I... ant... The ant god thing seems like it could get pretty dark. If if the ant one is the one that Michael's picking, I'm going to pick the other one. Because what Perfect. I would do is call in Ozzy Osbourne to crack the case. And, uh, you know, problem solved. Of, of the ant one, Ozzy Osbourne would fix that? Or the disappearing person? Oh, no. Ozzy Osbourne would stop those little ants. Sorry, guys. Fair. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he is a uh, great detective in his own right. Like a psychic Batman. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is a psychic Batman when it comes to disappearing acts or magic. Okay. We can work that into the story if that's the one you guys choose. If it takes place in Vegas, we've got a really easy way to have Ozzy right there. That's true. Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I I'm liking yeah. I do think I'm liking the uh the magician one myself. Alright, the magician one. I think we're going with it. 
Jack, yeah, is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, guys. No problem. Convince All right. Michael was on <laughs> the ropes, and, uh, you know, I just had to give him a good shove. <laughs> okay, All right. so we're going to work on a different partner this time. Uh, okay, so before we do that, we have to get some thanks out there to people. So pretty please, uh, Dylan, if you can make me on the big screen. Yes. Okay, so uh, thank you. <laughs> thank yous. International Broadcast Media Television, thank you so much for having us on here and letting me have a chance to talk to my best friend in a uh, pandemic. We have a lot of weird ideas. We want to create some stuff, and you give us the opportunity to have us on here and chat. So thank you very much. Also, Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits. If you like interviews and you listen to podcasts, Scott Curtis is a great one. We want to throw a big thank you out to him. Behind the Bits, go check it out. Some East Coast friends, we have Sarah Tkachuk and Tanya Sheck. And if you do want to listen to Jack Billings, but you actually want to read the words instead of just hearing it, you can go to Listener app, and uh, they'll actually just pop the words up there. So instead of hearing Jack's slurs or mumbles, you can actually capture all those jokes and then go back and reread them, which is super great. Uh, it's the best way for me to know what Jack's actually saying all the time. Uh, so if you want to find me, the Instagram at the greatest podcast app. That's Listener app. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Dylan. My friend. Yes. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the idea is, uh, and gentlemen also, the idea is that there is a magic act and somebody uh, disappears, somebody else, and then before bringing them back, they either die or something happens and they can't do it, and then there's a search for this missing person. So that's what we're going to try to work on for the next couple minutes to see what this turns into. Yeah. Um. Now, when thinking of a story like this, does it seem like a movie or does this feel more like a T-show or a comic to start? Oh, yeah. Well, bud, I mean, I always wanted to be up on the, the big screen, the silver screen. So, uh, you know, since you're going to cast me, bud, yeah, let's make it a movie. I think movie, Perfect. I think a one a one shot story for this sort of thing is probably best. Unless... I don't, I don't know how it would work as a series unless it's like, you know, you visit a different destination every week, but I don't think this is that story. Like a mini series, okay. but although that could be interesting if they ended up not just like across the room, if they weren't just like stuck somewhere, if they were like in like Australia or something. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Well, what yeah, I was imagining. Go for or Jack. <laughs> for the prequel, we would find out that Ozzy Osbourne was the one who sold the magician the haunted hat. It's yeah. a haunted hat. Cool. So Ozzy and the prequels. That's great. <clears throat> so, uh, Michael, I, I, I like where you're going with that. So we also have to work out what kind of magic this is. Uh, Dylan, you are the magic aficionado here. Of, of all the types of magic that we've gone over, uh, what magic is this? So when you do fictional magic, um, I think personally the important thing is to be consistent as to what it can do. If someone is really good at doing certain things as a magician and then suddenly they do something else, you start to have the audience ask the question, why don't they use magic to fix this problem? So I think this is like particularly stage magic, but it is real. 
You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. They go to the magic show and they're pulling stuff out of their hat. They're doing a saw in half. They're doing um, they're producing birds from their sleeves or something. And we find out as the movie goes on that this was all real. I like that. Um, okay, so what if uh, the person that's doing the magic maybe has like a like a day job where the magic is like in, in or you know what I mean like where well, they're kind of doing this as a side job so nobody really knows that they're supposed to do it that way when this person goes missing they have no idea where to go with this i guess my first thought was what if like magic was some kind of like military tech and this person was doing just <laughs> magic as a side job in vegas they're like a they're like a contractor but they're doing a magic show <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, what do they say? Sure. Like, magic is just magic is just science we don't understand yet, right? So, if the military has this form of magic, uh, and they zap this partner to like maybe a military base or somewhere weird where they hold aliens, and then they're like, "I got to find my part. I, I don't know how to get there. I'm just throwing that out there because we got to figure out a what kind of magic yeah. it is and b where they're going to be." If we go, and, kind of and... go for it, Jack. Oh, I was going to say C. For C, uh, it'll be the part where we're at the magician's funeral. And uh, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, because uh, he, he's dead. So uh, I figured that his assistant, you know, what's really funny, classic fart jokes. Huh? You with me? Yeah. So, so in the so middle far. of the funeral, his, uh, his assistant, could just let loose a whole <laughs> whole bunch of toots. Love it. Now, that's classic filler, which I'm okay with. Let's start plotting in these uh, plot points, though, and then we'll figure out exactly where the farts are going to go, which I think is going to be somewhere around the two-third <laughs> mark. I like how the about, idea. Uh, how about um, the magician can do, like, the one specific type of magic like the teleportation magic and the rest of his stage show is like terrible magic like you know pulling pulling a fake rabbit out of a hat and you know hack hack magic stuff that's just like covering up that he does this really amazing trick at the end which is the real magic okay cool i love that so I'm seeing like the first bit is the main character and their partner convincing their partner to go to this magic show. And it's like, hey, it's like a comedy act. It's great. Good reviews. They go and they're sitting there and the, the, the magician is like just doing the cheapest, worst type of magic, telling bad jokes. And the partner is getting fed up. And then they get volunteered to go on for like the um the the grand finale trick or something which is you know disappearing someone it happens and then the magician dies so, or is killed so is this where like this is the first time this this magic thing worked and they die of a heart attack because it actually worked or is this like they get murdered because they're showing off that there's like magic like is it a magic assassination or do they just die of natural causes? What if they get invited to like the um, not the grand finale, but the like the the premiere of this new magic show? Like they get like promo tickets or something like that, and it's like, well, you didn't pay. To, well, 
did you pay to go? You didn't buy your ticket, so it's not all bad. Like, people are constantly making jokes about, like, well, how much did it cost? Well, they were free tickets. Oh, so it's not all bad. I'm, I'm feeling yeah. this is getting, this is, this would work pretty well as a comedy. So far, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Michael, what kind of death is the magician going to have to deal with? I'm a big fan of, um, People like when their powers either magical or like when mutants or whatever, when they use their power and it like drains their energy and it makes it hard for them to do stuff afterwards. Okay. So like I, I was thinking not so much this is their first time, but like this is further into it and they've done this trick so many times and it's taking more and more out of them. And then, you know, they do it this time and that's all that they could take. But that's like that. not, that seems like a little bit less <laughs> comedy than, than we've been going after so far. <laughs> but, I, but I actually like that. So if we merge that and Dylan's, let's say that like the audience is heckling them a lot and the magician is actually doing real magic, but he's doing fake real magic. Like he actually can pull rabbits out of hats. It is real magic, but people think it's bad. So he's like, being heckled and he's like i'll show you guys and, and he does this one big trick that he's not really supposed to do which wipes his life force and he dies while they're disappeared we cool with that, that jack works. you like that ah uh, well does he come back as a superhero or a super villain he will maybe come back in the time traveling prequel when we have to bring ozzy osbourne in uh but not in this one i don't i don't think Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think also if you could throw in a, a good scene where have have any of you guys ever had a pimple like up in your nose? Yeah, yeah. It just hurts, right? So yeah. I figure like I, we want the audience to care about this magic magician guy. So let's like show going through that. Just like, you know, looking, trying to see it in the mirror. Maybe get a little pin up in there. Uh, you know, just... Uh, just no, nobody <laughs> wants to watch somebody pop a pimple that's in their nose. No, good, Dylan does. Good concept. I say we change it. I say the first bit of this follows the magician as they get ready. And we get to think the magician's the main character. We cut to the partner, at the main character and the partner, going to a show... And then the magician dies on stage and it shifts to following them, trying to uncover his legacy and see where these people are going. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, what, what do you think? That, that's what, what I said. That, that's what I heard. What I is know. the first, what's the first arc that we're going to get to Dylan? I think the first bit follows probably the main character and his partner. And then the magician separately as like, I think, when we see the magician, it's clear that they're getting kind of haggard and they're, you know, it's like, I don't know how many shows I have left. I'm imagining him as played by like Chris Christopherson or Jeff Bridges. I don't know why. I don't know oh, why. Jeff Bridges would be really good. Yeah. He'd be a good. Like magician. a, like a, like a, like a really rough looking Jeff Bridges. Um, yeah. And it fall, it does that thing where it's a very tasteful, silent close up shots of him, like adjusting his bow tie. And getting his wand, and like and, checking his sleeves, and popping and a pimple we, in his nose, and dealing. You know, you get the yeah, yeah. Classic. Uh, 
and, and, and from those shots, you're like, well, bud, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Hits all the markets. Okay. Um, yeah. In question on other Dylan, um, wait, are there neighborhood teens that maybe he could have uh, a conversation with or some sort of confrontation? Is there another Dylan here? Or are you talking to me? Wait, am I other Dylan? Or is he no. your <laughs> other Dylan? He's he's Jack's no. other Dylan. Okay. okay. Um I you know, we could have a gang of streetwise teen characters. I'm imagining nice. if this is taking place in Vegas. I, I'm a mat I mean Vegas has to have like I mean there have to be like kids in Vegas, right? It's not entirely oh, show business. So many so many cigarettes in Vegas. So yeah, of course there's teens there. Uh, that just yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so um, what, what, <laughs> what's the what's the first arc that we're gonna get to? What so we're we're at we're at the we're at the, the magic thing, uh the person <laughs> disappears, the magician dies. What's what's yeah. the arc that we're getting up to? I think the first I think the first arc ends with the reveal that this guy's magic is at least partially real. I think that's when the main character learns it. All right. So the knowledge that magic is real and that their partner is somewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to spend the whole next uh, third of this getting to them, right? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, what if I'm, I'm backtracking just a little bit. They win tickets to this magician's last show and he knows it's his own last show. So that's why he does this trick. Oh, that's cool. All right. He knows it's like, Hey, you know, you're a big deal. Are you ready for your last show? And he goes, I've I've been preparing for a while or something. You know, they do the ominous, ominous uh, statement as he yeah. puts a puts a dove up his sleeve or something like that. I don't know. So he knows magician, going I, don't know how, I don't know how magicians prepare for their shows. I'm assuming they just so, stuff birds in their shirts. Yeah, a lot of uh, tissues, yeah. like tissues in a pocket and uh, cards. So wait, so he's going on stage knowing that he's going to do this last magic trick that's going to kill him. Yeah. So then the the disappearing person is spiteful or malicious. I don't think the disappearing person is. I think. I mean, if, they, if they're if they know that this is going to kill them <laughs> and they do it anyway, then this is a malicious maneuver on the magician's well, part. A, a so... malicious magician. I'm going to tie some things in here. The magician was working with people and un, uh, uh, and thus far undefined. He's working with like another person. And the idea was that that other person was going to get these tickets. There's a mix-up where the couple gets the tickets. And so when he calls out, and will ticket number 45 come on stage? And then this person he doesn't know comes up, but he's already committed to the trick. Mm. We don't see that oh, until I... he reunites with his partner at the end, where the partner was like, he knew what he was doing. He didn't think it was going to be me, but he knew what he was doing. And then you learn something about why he was doing this in the first place. Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe they could have stolen the tickets. And this is their the dessert that they ordered. Because they stole the tickets, and now you got disappeared because you shouldn't have taken them. Actually, not I don't bad. mind that. Yeah, I like that actually better. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, and put that, that in, Dylan. Take yeah. that, Michael. 
<laughs> it's not a competition. If it was, he's winning, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I also sort of like this as like a, like a, like a lesbian couple or else the woman being the one who is doing all the research. Like I'm for some reason I'm seeing like a Michelle Rodriguez or like a Kristen Stewart type doing this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, if it's if it's two women, then Michelle Rodriguez and Kristen Stewart, if we can get the both of those. I love I, that. I'm sure they'll be perfectly willing. I'll give them a call tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez does a lot of things just for a couple of drinks from what I've read. Mm-hmm. So that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> she got kicked off Ross for drinking and driving. Whatever. We're gonna have to oh, pitch yeah. we're gonna have to pitch it to her good though, because she's good when she wants to do things, but when she phones it in, she's terrible. Yeah, I agree. I think once she reads okay. the script, she's going to fall in love. I hope so. so. We, have, yeah. we have Kristen Stewart and um, Michelle Rodriguez, and they steal these tickets to go to a magician show uh, from somebody who is supposed to be disappeared by this magic council or whatever. They go yeah. to the show, and right? That's, uh, I mean, it's some kind <laughs> yeah. of intent yeah. for some reason. So they go to the show. The magician has decided this is his final show, and he's going to go out in a blaze of glory, and he calls the ticket number that is supposed to be an enemy or a nemesis. And what he gets is Kristen Stewart and it's their anniversary or whatever. She goes up there. They're not having a good time. He does this trick. She disappears. He dies. Now, Michelle Rodriguez is on a hunt to find her partner and to solve the, 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 the mystery that is magic. Was it, if we're going back to this being a military thing, does it have to be that the target was malicious or was it like, I'm going to get you in there with the last energy I have? And then. Well, I was just, I was just saying that if, if, if he knows he's going out and he does it anyway, there needs to be some sort of malicious, malicious intent. So either he I, I was think, trying to get. I think what Dylan was saying was like, the military contacted this magician to to get somebody like somewhere like secretively like they wanted them and yeah. then when oh. Kristen Stewart shows up you know maybe she gets captured there because that's not who they were expecting to be there it doesn't necessarily have to be malicious Okay. We like we would see the magician whisper something in her ear, and she reacts like shocked or like surprised, and she stammers something, and then he disappears her immediately, like before she can get a word out. And then when they're okay. reunited at the end, Kristen Stewart fills Michelle Rodriguez in on what has been happening. Yeah, because what, what basically, basically uh, you know, I'm gonna be part of the uh, scientist military guys. And those those lesbian the lesbian couple that Michael uh, was pushing upon us, uh, they 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 were mad at me and stole my tickets. It was just a <laughs> suggestion. I wasn't forcing anything on anyone. I, I'm fine. I'm no, fine I'm with cool all with these it. choices so far. Yeah. yeah. Michael, okay. So cool with it. Don't be. You know. Come on. <laughs> come on, Michael. Be cool. Uh, be so. Confident. That's. I mean, I'm being cool. That's what I'm known for. <laughs> uh, Dylan, where? Yeah. Where is this person being taken to? Where were they supposed to go? I'm seeing like a military base, or because if if 
if she is the the fill in the accidental fill in for whoever was supposed to go and it was supposed to be like a covert ops thing she's going to show up presumably with zero of the skills she needs so it can't be like something super dramatic you know what i mean it can't be like a secret russian military base or the time machine they're building in china or something like that um <laughs> i just read a okay. news article on yahoo about that today it's funny. i know I saw, um, I saw that too it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh what okay so who was supposed to be taken um me, me jack billings okay and um, and why was why was jack supposed to be taken Oh, a a well-known celebrity, and they're going to ask for hostage money. <laughs> Wait, what did Jack say? A, a breakdancing tournament. Extreme. <laughs> okay. I'm probably not going to jot that one down. Uh, D- D- Dylan, what did you say? Okay. I said, <laughs> what if they were going for like a high-profile celebrity that they intended to hold hostage? I mean, we don't have to stick okay. with the military thing. What if it was? What if it's like? You remember? I guess now my you question is me? like, my, my question is the the magician knows that he's going to die doing this oh, and only yeah. doing it just to like ca- kidnap somebody. It needs to be. A that's big... why I was saying there's. That's why I was saying it needs to be malicious intent because if he knows he's going to go out, he knows that this is going to happen and he still does it. They they do it. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe it's someone from his neighborhood that he dislikes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need to be malicious. He he could be he could be dying anyway, so oh, he's okay. just doing this, yeah. you know, as a. We yeah. I'm just saying we we don't have to get stuck on on you know making this malicious because then we're cutting down our options. That's fair. It just for me to to know that this person's going to perish and still fulfill this task, which apparently is a menial task up until the accident happens. I'm just curious why they would die for this. I'm not sure. I like the idea of magic draining energy. I'm not sure if it would work in most of these scenarios as like a way of doing it you know i if it's going to be malicious or something then it could be like time sensitive and he has to like do it before the bad guys get there but because i do i do like the idea of like a draining powers and that's why he dies i like the idea of all that but i feel that he was supposed to do this for somebody that uh he does not like or that it's going to be banished or something else and then he just has to go through with this because whatever i'm okay with that but it's Maybe while he did the trick, he gets hit by a train. So he didn't know it was going to happen, and that person's gone. So train yard magic. <laughs> Basic train yard call. magic. What? <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Basic 50-style train yard magic. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, they did it in Inception. It worked in Inception to have a train suddenly yeah. appear nowhere. That, that's that's true. Okay, so I think we should go back to the magician being killed. I think that that's what Jack's saying, and I think that... <laughs> yeah, what if, what if it was like... What if there's an opposing group of magic users, and it happens just as 
No, it doesn't quite work either. I like the idea of this of him like intending to send someone somewhere and then the wrong person shows up. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now we, we need with that. Now we need a reason as to why the magician is not there anymore. Yeah. Uh he got hit by a train. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean That's... that opens a lot of doors for us to really sideswipe people's expectations. The the uh the opposing I'm... magicians sent the train he doesn't have to be at the train yard yeah the the they opened like a portal or something from a train onto the stage yeah yeah that's cool and oh, maybe Michael, he was supposed to go in there with him thing i've ever heard you say Whoa. <laughs> see we're building bridges here that's okay <laughs> why can't you okay so good on our show <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the the person that the, that the original magician is trying to, I guess, now rescue, he was also supposed to get into that box or whatever, and then the train comes and knocks him uh, into death. Is that right? I think so. I think it, yeah, I okay. think it hits him and kills him. Cool. And one of the partners is still in the, I guess, the place, right? Because they're they're missing their partner. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but we'll get there. And where does the partner go? Like at the magic works, partners where? Doesn't need to be military base. Could literally be anywhere, I think. But Pro probably hell. They go right to hell. Yeah. Okay. That's gonna be that's... hard to get them out of hell. Yeah, wow. I mean that's a, that's I, cool. You're, sh you're shooting high, and that's, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's fine, because that's a fun thing that we have to come back from um okay. so we got to get back now, to hell somehow the main question is how does the main character <laughs> learn that their partner is in hell yeah yeah like the, the 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 difficulty with introducing an exotic location like hell is that now you have confirmation that um a physical hell exists in this universe and now the main character who is presumably mundane needs to learn of that place's existence yeah, well, well Matt, they, Zach, they, Zach was talking yeah. earlier about going back and learning about the magician. So if she goes back to where the magician is like headquartered, like his, his house or his, you know, old bookstore or wherever, um, you know, and then she finds the occult stuff. Okay. Yeah. Michael, I'm, 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 you very yeah, Michael, I wanted to say that he did pretty well presenting the idea that I already had in my head. So, they go back to his, his penthouse apartment, yeah, and uh, they find out that he used the right children's books. And in this children's book is the little nursery rhyme about getting hit by a train and getting disappeared on off the hell. No. Now she knows. Jack, using the children's books is how you end up with a Seamus McGregor and not a good plot for a movie. Well, your word's not mine, Michael. <laughs> uh, but I do like them going back and finding out uh, the magician's penthouse and finding all that stuff. If there is magic, then hell can be there. So yeah. they, they can easily find the information out through like a tarot reading or through anything. Like, hey, I need to find out where my partner is. And maybe, uh, I mean, the magician probably has friends or something that can be like, honestly, it's probably hell. But my yeah. question is, 
how do how do we get back to hell? How do we get Kristen Stewart out of hell? I I like the idea where they find this organization of like stage magicians who practice actual magic, and it's like, wait, which show did you go to? And it's like we went to go see uh, Alistair the Amazing, and they go they all roll their eyes and they're like. Uh, oh no! Yeah. Oh. Um, the hell so guy. You should sit down for this. <laughs> the um, guy. We call him the hell guy <laughs> because everything he sends winds up there. Normally, he sends like normally we arrange it so that bad people get that ticket number. How would you get those tickets? Like, did your partner do something to deserve this? And it's like, no, we we were given these by some guy off the street, and they go. Oh, all right. You were probably a mark. They probably found out what Alistair was trying to do, and you guys were probably the mark. All right, we're going to break her out, but this is going to be a real pain or something I, like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that explanation. Like, yeah. somebody figured out what was going on, and they said, I'm not doing that, and and pawned off the ticket. So, yeah, they they might not even be arguing in the beginning to go to the magic show. Maybe they're just walking down the street after dinner and somebody goes, here's some tickets to this to this magic show. And that's yeah. how they end up there. I like that. And so is getting to hell slash back from hell hard? I think for these people, I think the re- like, they're all like, Alistair was a hell guy because it was really easy for him. We don't know why. <laughs> and uh, and then, I think this is all rote for the for those people. Like, the, yeah, the that's people why they, he couldn't. That's why he couldn't do the other magic. Like, that's why he couldn't do the easy <laughs> stuff. Like, get the doves to come out of the hat is because he concentrated on that one thing. Yeah, I like that. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, okay. Can all of this be happening at the funeral? Like during the, the toots. I kind of like this scene actually oh, yeah, taking the place toots. at the magician's funeral, where it's yeah. like the partner, like a day later or so, the, the part, the main character goes to the magician's funeral, and a bunch of other magicians are there, and she goes up and she goes, "Shot in the dark. This guy vanished my partner at his last show, and then he dropped dead. Is there any way you guys can bring him, bring her back?" And they all kind of look at her and look at each other. And it, the guy in front, whoever gets nominated to speak for the group, is just like, "This guy's oh, always doing this." Alex. All right, you should. We'll buy you. We'll buy you a drink. Let's go. And then, <laughs> and then, and then a, a fart. <laughs> and then someone farts. And then it's hilarious. Obviously, fade to black. Next scene. Yeah, and nobody's, nobody's too sad at this funeral because nobody really likes him. Nah, no one's going to miss old Hellcat Alistair. Uh, okay, so now, Dylan, now we know yeah. that the partner is in hell and that it's not too hard to get there, but they got to find someone that can do it. What does what the process look like to get Kristen Stewart out of hell because of <sighs> Alistair's very poor decision-making? I, I feel like they should have to offer something of equal... You do the you do the kind of Egyptian afterlife thing where they weigh your life against another thing. They have to e- offer up like an equal amount of something, and I don't know what that is. Um, so they're they're going to bring something to hell and trade it for Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, now is it a uh, person? It it could, it could be. It depends on how dark we want to go. <laughs> oh oh oh! How about a bus full of children? 
good start, but maybe too dark. Yeah. Also, I think that costs too much. I think Kristen Stewart's soul is not worth a bus of children. Maybe a bus. <laughs> Take maybe that. You're not worth a bus of children. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I'll stand by that. Bring her hey, to me and I'll tell her that. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not worth a bus of children. Nobody is. Maybe other Dylan. I don't know. I've never met him. I don't know. I haven't met him either. No, he's definitely not worth a bus full of children. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> my, my I wouldn't <laughs> trade him for a like a newborn baby. <laughs> wow. Strong words. Uh, okay, so how are they getting Kristen Stewart out of hell? They're gonna they're gonna trade a body? So it depends on whether we want this to be feature length or a short. Because if it's a short, we can do a, we can do a fair amount of comedy by aspects well, to this. Unless they have to bring the person who was supposed to be there to begin with. Trade what should have been, right? So they gotta track that person down and hogtie them, and then drag them to hell, which is a very good name for a movie, and I'm gonna copyright it. Well, drag them to hell, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Drag them to hell. Drag them to hell, yeah. Uh, how do you plan on having the uh, person that was supposed to go to hell subdued? Because I have an idea. Well, let's hear. It. I would love to hear it. I would go to where they hang out, like, you know, the local pub or the cafe, maybe the public library. And when they round the corner, just knee them right in the groin. Good start. <laughs> Love okay. all that. I'm cool and with that. Then, uh, then you do that, the, the pig ties, like Zach was saying, and then you drag them to hell. Drag, drag them right to hell. Uh, yeah. So, where, who who is who is the person it was supposed to go to hell to begin with? Michael. Yeah, it was Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a podcaster that reviews magic shows, and they gave Alistair a bad review. <laughs> All right, cool. So, an evil podcaster. Um, and then oh, am where I is the this... evil podcaster now? Uh, Jack right. said that. Nobody else did that. All right. Uh, because, I was because of your beard. I was thinking some sort of some sort of police officer, like some sort of cop who, you know, you know, one of those cops that does something terrible and then um gets away with it completely. Yeah, I I love that. That's actually way better than <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> no. Well, that's good because that means that this group of like magicians and nobodies has to kidnap and subdue a cop. I love without that. getting found out. Okay, so now uh, the the Michelle Rodriguez and her friends need to find this Aurora policeman and hogtie him after kneeing him in the groin and send him to yep. hell so they can get back Kristen Stewart. Uh, I'm all for that. I love that. So um, it, what, what's the trade look like, Dylan, in hell? They, they get to hell because they have friends now that are also magicians, and they go, hey, it's not that big of a deal to get to hell. It's just kind of yeah. hard to get back. Uh, so they're in hell. Yeah. Who are they who are they trading with? How's this so, transaction work? It depends on how we want to portray this version of hell. Um, there are a lot of options. Uh, I'm just going to list off as many as I can possibly think right here. Fire and brimstone, Dante's inferno, terrible bureaucracy, uh, dark pit where everybody just has a miserable time. 
bright pit where everybody has a very bland time. Uh, eternal suburbia where your neighbors are really boring. Ugh. Your worst fear. Uh, just, I mean, any of those particularly sound, there are a lot of fictional representations of this we could go with. And I don't know what would be f- best for this. I We should do one that's not boring. No, see, I, I think we should go the opposite. I really like the idea of like, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think what those lights are. Like a bureaucracy. I, when you said that, like, that's what I was thinking. Like, they walk into an office where everybody's just in cubicles and, you know, they have this guy hogtied and they're probably just like dragging him behind them. And they have to, you know, they have to go up to the front desk and be like, you know, we have to see the devil or whatever. And then, you know, they have to sit and do paper like they don't, we're not going to show them sitting and doing paperwork. Maybe a montage. We, we have a montage of them filling out form 135C in triplicate. And waiting. And I'm sorry, but this is in blue ink and it needs to be filled out in red. Do you happen yeah. to have a red pen? Uh-huh. No, they don't. Well, you need to fill out a requisition form for a red ink pen, which is form 196A or something. Yeah. And yeah. Now, what is Kristen Stewart doing in hell while she's waiting for her team to come? Waiting in line, like, just in line, <laughs> just waiting in line. <laughs> All right, cool. I, she's waiting in line. She 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 gets taken to hell, and it's just for her. It's just kind of like, welcome to hell. Here's your shirt, and then it's like, if you believe that you've been brought here by mistake, please go see customer service. And it's just line after line, and the person at the front of the line is always arguing for eternity. So it's just her like. Or, or she's in a she's in one of the cubicles with like a high stacked um, inbox. inbox, and then every time she takes one out and signs it, somebody puts another one on top of it, and then she takes that one off and signs it, and then you know. I like her just like putting it in the outbox, and it just goes back into the yeah. inbox. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, an, an arm just comes in from nowhere and goes, and moves nope, it back, back. over. And then yeah. all of a sudden, cool. it's not signed anymore. Yeah. And then she gets really bored and stacks up the paperwork like a little topper and sticks her head through, and it's a kissing booth. And then <laughs> the person in the cubicle next to her just keeps farting. <laughs> oh, Michael, no. Okay, well, Michael, we already had... We already had the fluff jokes, okay? I, we I like, don't want to we don't want to cheapen the story, Michael. I like Darn. the idea that we're seeing this kind of like high octane heist being put together, and then we cut down to Kristen Stewart, and it's like she puts like a little succulent in on her like desktop, and the office manager comes by and goes, "No greenery," and we see just little injustices foisted upon her little workspace. Yeah, um, and then hard, hard cut to Michelle Rodriguez like punching a cop and like chasing and breaking through windows, and then hard cut back to Kristen Stewart and she's like just stacking paper and like out of staples, like look for staples. Yeah, uh, it okay, so has to it definitely has to be a back and forth between what she's do like her horrible punishment and then them trying to get to her. Yeah, 
I like that. And then ultimately, it's Michelle Rodriguez that has to go through hell to get it back or something. Uh, that'd be a tagline for Dylan to work out. Um, okay, so <laughs> now they're in hell. They have the Aurora policeman, uh, who's a bad cop, and he is hogtied. They're dragging him through the offices looking for Chris and Stewart. Uh, what does the transaction look like once they find Chris and Stewart and they have this hogtied policeman from Aurora, Colorado? Well, if. If this is um, <laughs> um, if this is like a bureau bureaucratic hell, then it would be. I imagine they're taking him to like customer service or something, and it's like they put they like pr- drag him up, and they're like, "We'd like to make a trade," and they go, "Any personnel exchanges need to be made at the personnel exchange kiosk." It's like, where is that third sphere? Like, and yeah. it's and like just kind of traveling through. I I imagine like you build up to this intense heist and then they get there and it's just like, they have to maneuver an office setting. Cool. Um, or they, and they, they look over to, to the personnel, whatever exchange. And then there's just a line wrapped around the building. <laughs> so they just like, they just throw him in the cubicle and take Chris and Stewart and run. And, yeah. And then as, as, just a visual gag. They look over the line, and the person just waiting is wearing like a toga and a laurel wreath. And as it goes back, it like it's all ancient yeah. people who have just finally gotten oh, to the front of the no. line. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cool. All right, uh, so Dylan, we have so, a couple minutes left. Oh, go ahead, Jack. It's like it's it's like it's been there for a long time, Michaels. What they're saying. So yes, I I get, I, I get it. I I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, I thought. <laughs> when we get there you can explain the rest of it to me when we're done we i think we're just about out of time so all right yeah in the car we're almost done uh dylan what what scenes or what do we gotta fill in here or do you want to just run through it again one last time from start to finish i'll run through what we have because we've got a pretty good kind of start here um yeah i see the thing we need to kind of work on is the final ending but i think that at this point that's going to be a pretty easy fill in the blanks here so here we go uh so disappearing act i guess is what we can something we can call this um sure. so we start off by seeing a magician preparing for his last show we get the intention or we get the uh idea that it's going to be a last one we see the main character and the partner um, getting sold a ticket to a magic act by like a, a scalper or given a magic ticket by someone who maybe they're not a cop, but we get the impression that there's someone who wears a uniform normally. They go to the show. It's kind of lame, but then the magician calls up the per- the ticket number or something. And, you know, they put the partner up there, Kristen Stewart, and the magician kind of like looks at her like weirdly. And then it's just kind of shrugs and vanishes her and then drops dead um the show we get a little bit of aftermath of that of them stuff like that and then we cut to effectively um the main character kind of hunts down this magician character of some sort maybe finds out that they owned an occult bookstore learns that magic is kind of real and learns hero. goes to the funeral yeah. I think <laughs> this would lead directly to the funeral yeah. um and then meets up with a group of other magicians who are there and in an attempt to find their lost loved one approaches and asks like, Hey, my partner was the one he vanished before he died. None of the authorities are willing to help me. I don't know what to do. And they all kind of look at each other and have that kind of like, yeah. Um, 
Alistair's thing was that he liked to dis- disappear bad people to hell. So I hope your partner kind of made good on their promise. And it's like, no, we weren't supposed to be there. We got the tickets from someone else. And they go, and he did it anyway? What a, what a jerk. So then they help um, they help the main character kind of assemble, find out who did this to Alistair, why they were being targeted. We learn that it's a cop who did something bad. And we see the heist unfold to try and kidnap that cop and get him to hell. Meanwhile, we see Kristen Stewart acclimate to bureaucratic underworld. It's great. It's hilarious. Um, the magicians, with their power combined, with the powers combined, uh, get everybody to hell. They get, take part in the infernal bureaucracy. Find the main character's partner, jump through all the hoops, and they do kind of like a forced switch where they drop the cop and run. And at that point, it's getting a little hazy for everything as far as stories go, but I mean, I think if we want an action scene, it's like these magicians using their magic to kind of like foil these hellish office workers and then they get back and everything's happy and we have some sort of like you know, epilogue stinger where her eyes it's clear that she was changed by her time in hell and her eyes glow red or something like that who knows? And then they all get hit by a train! (laughs) And they end up back there anyway. They end up back in hell. <laughs> That's how they get to hell in the first place. They have to stand on the railroad tracks at a specific time. <laughs> yeah, I I do like this as a as like a Sam Raimi ish like yeah. comedy, um, like horror action movie with some comedy in there. I think yeah. that's a no, perfect I, tone. No, I completely agree. I think this is uh, kooky and and weird. And I'm very interested to get to work on it. Uh, so thank you, Michael Colby and Jack Billings, so much for helping us create this and making this a little bit weirder and a little bit more full of farts than we normally do. Uh, but that also just helps. We don't normally write fart jokes. And with new friends like you guys, we're getting there. So thank you so yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> before we go, though, our specialty. <laughs> before we go, Mr. Jack Billings, will you please tell anybody where to find your show so they can understand how your life works? Ah, uh, you can you can hear my show in all the places where you pay for podcasts, like the YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, Amazon, all the places. <laughs> and I'm on uh, Twitter now. I recently found my phone, so we're gonna do some of that. And uh, I, th- this has inspired me to start doing some video. Right on. Perfect. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, seeing the projects that you're currently working on, I'm excited to see what kind of videos you create. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, <laughs> thank you so much for being on here. Jack, thank you. You guys are awesome. Aggressively creative. Please, if you're watching this or if you know anything that we do, go check out Jack Billings Presents Me and My Neighbor Michael. It is hilarious at times. It is disgusting at times. It is not for everybody, but it is most likely for you. So please go check it out. It is awesome. Uh, thank you once again to IBM TV for having us on here and to letting us just chat about stuff that hopefully turns into something later on so we can finally get some money because what we're trying to do is talk ourselves up to a streaming service, which is why we call it Talk Up Stream. We just want to talk ourselves up to Hulu or to Disney and start making that real money so we can give it to Jack Billings so we can get something on his wall other than a fake curtain. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits for helping us produce anything and everything that we're doing. Uh, thank you to Sarah Tkachik. Thank you to Tonya Shek. Thank you to Listener App at the Greatest Podcast App. 
Thank you to Jack Billings Presents. And thank you to everybody else who uh, wants us to keep talking. Uh, I have been Zach. That has been Dylan. And you guys have been great. Please go to somenobodies.com or patreon.com backslash somenobodies and help us make stuff. we got movies coming out. we got more podcasts coming out. Dylan's still working on a board game. We have a bunch of cards that could be turned into something, so who knows. But either way, check us out. We appreciate you. Until next time, bye. Take it easy. Be well out there. Thank you.